The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome to today's episode of the Bright Side Podcast. My guest today is sustainable fashion designer Sammy Miro and her adorable little puppy Sunny. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Oh, look at that. <laughs> See what I'm talking about? That's her tail <laughs> okay, she wagging. Was, Sammy was just bragging about uh, Sunny's tail wagging skills and then she literally just put her tail on the microphone and was <laughs> wagging on the mic. So you guys all got a little taste of that. <laughs> okay, so I used to see your Instagram stories every single morning. At four, maybe it wasn't every single morning, but 4.30 a.m. like every day. And I don't know anybody in their right mind who would do that. Yeah, it was only for a very specific yoga class, hot yoga. Uh, definitely have What is going on in this up. hot yoga? Like what could possibly <laughs> you be know, happening? This class taught by Soha, one of the best teachers in the world, she kicks your ass and it's like she has like a cult following. Okay. Every there's a group of us because only so many people are crazy enough to wake up this early in the morning, you know, especially in Los Angeles <laughs> where people don't necessarily have, you know, 9 to 5 jobs. And so how there's there's this the same people every time and we like would uplift each other, make sure, you know, we were there <laughs> and ready to go. I would go have to have a buddy <laughs> I think who would like come to my house and literally drag me out of bed if I was going to do well, that. I could have been that buddy. Did you <laughs> I didn't have a buddy. Well, so was the class not hot? Well, I guess right now is that no, is hot yoga know, not a thing? It's honestly sad, and I think about it often. I'm waiting for somebody to come up with a solution to the future of hot yoga, hoping that one day it will come back because it's. I mean, it it, it impacted my life so much in a, in a great way. I did do hot yoga for a while when I was living in New Hampshire still, and in the it was it would be freezing cold in the winter, and I looked forward to that class so much because. One thing that I never knew until I did the class was how much the heat helps you to be so much more flexible. Mm -hmm. So I was never really able to just crack my back myself. And then I started going to hot yoga and all of a sudden I was like, I was so loose. It yeah. was an, That was amazing. So then what are you doing now to replace that? Uh, I have a Peloton. Do you, like, do you like that? I'm obsessed with the Peloton. And I am, no offense to SoulCycle, not a fan whatsoever. I... I just didn't think it was a hard enough workout. I didn't really like get it. <laughs> Sammy. <laughs> so cycle for me is like death. <laughs> well, I'm an ex-gymnast. So like oh, okay. when I work out, I need my ass to be whooped. I guess I did know that about you. And okay. If, yeah. If, I, if I'm not like dying on the floor about to pass out, I'm pissed. So <laughs> you're honest. You're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> no, I wish I was like that. I'm jealous of that because like, I wish I was the type of person who like, I'll crave a morning hike and that's about it. <laughs> and if I like get sweaty, then that's kind of a problem. <laughs> so we're kind of the opposite when it comes to working. <laughs> yeah. But maybe that's because you were a gymnast when you were so young. So, yeah. Okay. Can we go back then to yeah. all of that? Because I yeah. want to know more about that. That's one of my favorite things about Having my friends on this podcast, by the way, is getting to know, like, I can ask you anything. Right. <laughs> so, okay. I want to know about that. Uh, so I was a gymnast uh, from, I started late and I was around seven years old. And you grew up in San Francisco. I grew up in San Francisco. Yes. I did gymnastics for 10 years. I was junior Olympic before I quit. And that's really that's where I got my work ethic, like having to balance 
40 hours a week of gymnastics on top of school, you know, middle school, high school, all the homework and projects and having to learn how to balance my life with like, okay, so I would, I would finish high school uh, around 2 p.m., an hour, hour and a half early so that I could get picked up, go take a train from San Francisco to San Mateo. And then on that train, I would do, it was about a f- an hour long train ride. I would do all my math homework, science homework, like try and get it all done. Then go to gymnastics, finish gymnastics in San Mateo, which was 30 minutes outside of San Francisco. Then get driven home by my coach. Then I would be home around 10 p.m. every single night. Wow. And so, you know, have to like cram homework and do whatever I could. It was like, it was crazy. So I I just had so much going on that I would have to, I just had to learn how to manage my time really well. Yeah. That's like dance moms, right? Totally. Yeah. (laughs) It was like that kind of thing. Yeah. Did you ever go to a special school for that? I was at the point where I needed to either quit school and start doing homeschooling or quit gymnastics. And by the point I was at, I was like, I need to live a life like I've never had friends outside of my gymnastics friends. I never like went to a high school party. I just felt so deprived and I was ready to kind of live my life. And so that's what I chose. Okay. So uh, that makes a lot more sense now that you're like, so your work ethic is what it is because in order to be a gymnast at that level, you obviously have to like have that kind of a, and you must have that naturally as well. But like, did your, I know you're really close with your dad. Yes. And I like I've, I've watched you guys over the years on your Instagram. He's so cute. And I, <laughs> I love the relationship that you do have. I feel like it's really special. Like you can even get that. I don't know your dad, but you can like get that through your Instagram. Oh, that makes is me that happy. something that he like, is he like that? What's your, oh, your yeah. guys relationship? My like? dad is like a, the original multi hyphenate. He has such a crazy story. So first he was a jazz musician. He He learned from Art Pepper, who's like one of the icons. Sorry, Sonny. Cheese Louise. You can have some (laughs) real nice background music from Sonny right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So my dad was a jazz musician. He was super young, like in his teens, learned with Art Pepper, a bunch of like amazing people in Los Angeles who really created the jazz scene. Uh, then he was a writer on like Laverne and Shirley and Welcome Back, Cotter and old school shows. And then he went to a crop ton of school. He has a, several PhDs and he worked. He was an engineer for the first aircraft that went to the moon. OK, so the <laughs> apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It's literally I can insane. Say that expression. <laughs> You you said it just like, I mean, he was like, he was a creative, you know, he was a writer and a jazz musician, but then he was so extremely intelligent, worked, worked on the first aircraft that one landed on the moon. What? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. What a cool legacy. Yes. And then he's been a professor for the last like 40 years or something. What does he teach? Quantitative business analysis, oh <laughs> which is is just like a kind of a fancy way of saying uh, business statistics in a way. That's what he says. He's very humble. He's like, it's just it's just business statistics. That's really cute. <laughs> so my brother just got his PhD in aerospace engineering, but oh, he wow. studies fluid dynamics. And same kind of thing Hell where yeah. I'm just like, what on earth? Like everything he tries, he talks about, I'm like, I have no idea That's what incredible. the hell. It's amazing. And he's yeah. obsessed with it. He loves it. He lives over in England now and he's a he's teaching. So that's what he decided he wanted to do. But similar kind of thing where he had the option to like either go work for NASA or become a professor. 
And I'm like, please be an astronaut. That'd be so sick. Yeah. <laughs> he, went, he went the professor route, yeah. but it's still really cool. He's over <laughs> in England and like loves it there. Um, That's amazing. Okay. I want to get into your clothing line and like what, where did you begin? What, where did your passion for vintage come in? My passion for vintage started when I was around 12 or 13 years old. Uh, when I was a freshman in high school, I went to a school where everyone was like driving to school in BMWs and, you know, like in a, I, I was not, I was taking the bus to school and all of the kids, well, you know, there was like the, the cool kids. I was super shy, super quiet and awkward. You know, the gymnast who like had no friends at school Aww. because I was, <laughs> it was in gymnastics the whole time. And I found vintage because I didn't know who I was at age 14 or, or 15, you know, obviously. And the cool kids were like wearing all these designer brands, which my dad was like, sorry, not buying that for you. Yeah. And I found vintage and thrifting just randomly. The first vintage store I went to was in San Francisco on Van Ness Street. And the back of this, the front of the store was like really nice stuff. The back of the store was all vintage. And so I found these brand names that were the same that were in style at the time for the cool kids in school. So I was like, oh my gosh, I can wear this shirt. And it's the brand that all everyone is wearing. But the catch is that there's holes in it. There's sun damage. And, you know, back then, you know, that was not cool at all. You look like shit if you're if you're okay. strolling in with holes in your shirt. Now <laughs> it's the coolest thing ever. Now, now that shirt would be a thousand dollars. But back then it was $7.99. Oh my God. Do you remember what and that was? What? 100%. Yeah. It was a uh, purple Lacoste polo. Lacoste was so big. <laughs> yes. That was, yeah. I remember A purple that. Lacoste polo. And it was like not even purple anymore. There was so much sun damage, so <laughs> many holes everywhere. But I, I'm not kidding. It would have been divine now. I wish I still had it. It would have been so <laughs> sick now. Um, and so it gave me that confidence, like going into school with the cool brand gave me the confidence to, you know, smile a little more or talk a little bit more. But at the end of the day, what really ended up happening was me realizing that I was the only person in the entire world with that exact t-shirt on. Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, this is so cool. I'm the only person with this. And that makes me feel confident. And so from that point on, I didn't care about the trends. I didn't care about what the cool kids were wearing. I cared about finding the coolest pieces that I was the only one in the world wearing. Mm -hmm. And that just turned into this whole thing that like made me become the confident girl who was able to express herself with her style. But little did I know that, you know, several years later, it would become my my job, you know? Yeah. So, well, what? Okay. So first of all, I'm horrible chopping for vintage. I love it, but I don't have the patience. Like I'm not good at going through. I, I don't know. It's really hard for me to figure out. That's totally vintage. fine. But I want to. So do you have advice for me and anyone else who like, it, like, I love vintage stuff. If somebody yeah. hands me something, I will be like, yes, I want to wear that. <laughs> well, there's, <laughs> but there's, I can't like find it myself. That's totally fine. That's why there are people like me who find really sick vintage and who will go into these gross, humongous warehouses wearing masks and gloves before COVID. Um, Even before COVID. Yeah. It, because so the places that I find my vintage that I turn into, like rework and turn into my one of ones 
are the places that everybody in the world go to to find vintage for their stores. Like when I go to my warehouses, there's so many people from Japan. Like Japan has some of the sickest vintage because they know all of the places to go. So where I go to is places like that. And I will dig and dig and dig and it's dusty and it's dirty and it's gross, but that's where you find the gems. Mm -hmm. And that's fine that you don't want to be that person to dig because you have other people to do that work for you and create a store and lay it out for you in a, in a way that makes it appealing to you. So what did, when did you start Samira Vintage? What year? In 2016. Okay. Yeah. So as a woman like who just started and is running your own business, what have you found to be the challenges? It, like favorite things about it and least favorite things? Favorite things, I get to do what I love. I get to create and invent something. And I get to focus my time on something that I 100% believe in. The hard parts about being an entrepreneur, there are so many. You have to want to never stop working. At the end of the day, when you are a founder of a company, you have to rely on yourself for every job. Unless you start off somehow with like a huge team and you have backers and and a team, typically you have to wear all of the hats. So you have to be ready to do the hard work, lug a bunch of things, whatever do, you gotta do, do all the financing, like everything. You have to be ready to do all of those because if you're not going to do it, nobody else is. Another part is when your team starts to grow, it's their their livelihood is in your hands. So your success is that much more important because it's not it's beyond you at this point. You know, I want my team to be successful. I want my team to make as much money as they possibly can. I want everybody to be happy. You have to you know, build this energy within the company that that uplifts your team and excites your team. And there's there can be a lot of pressure, but it also is like the motivation that that keeps you going at the same time. What would you say is the lowest point that you've had in starting the business? Because you're like, just because for anyone who doesn't know her, I mean, like every major celebrity wears your stuff, which is really cool. I mean, that's got to be does that is how does that feel when you see that? You know, it's rare that I actually take the time to like absorb it and to to allow myself to like get excited over it. But recently with I just launched my uh, second collection and Kylie Jenner debuted it, which was like crazy for me, you know, like a, a 10 days before I was planning on launching the website she wore two of the pieces and tagged SMV on on her Instagram. Oh, that's really awesome. And I was like, okay, guess I am making the website right now. And so I woke up Saturday morning and I'm like, all of these notifications. And I I look at the Instagram and it's like, Kylie, Kylie, Kylie. And I was like, okay. Then I built like I the website was I, I also do make my own website. <laughs> and, <laughs> of course you do. Um, and so I'm like, okay, it's you know. 60% there, but Saturday morning was like, you know, getting the final touches done and then, you know, had to launch it. So back to your original point, you know, it, it's a, it's amazing because the best part about it is that it's all organic. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no like paid sponsorships. There's no like me hounding anybody to wear it. It's all people who genuinely want to wear it and love the pieces. And that's really what keeps me going because as an entrepreneur, you never know if your idea is the right idea. You mm -hmm. never know if your idea is going to 
to catch on and people are going to love it. And as a designer, it's the exact same thing. You know, you create a piece and like you're so excited about it, but you don't know until everyone, the world sees it. And so at that moment and continuously since then, all of the support has just been so exciting and phenomenal. And especially during COVID right now, there's, you know, there's no events, there's no like red carpets and in big scenarios where norm where people would normally wear your stuff. So the opportunity for people to be excited and like wear and post your pieces is much smaller now than it was before. So the fact that I've been, you know, getting yeah, that's great still feedback happening. is really good. Yeah. And back to what I asked you before, um, what would you say is the lowest? The lowest point I think is, is when you're second guessing yourself. There's because of of how fast the world is now with social media, you seldom get a time to really relish in in the positive things. And it's always like, okay, what's next? Okay, you just did this, but what's next? And sometimes it can it can be nerve wracking and scary. And I think that my lowest points was just second guessing myself and not putting things out because I was fearful. And I've definitely done that a lot, but the launch of this collection, I think, is the launch of the new SMV that that we will be seeing with a lot more drops and a lot less holding back and being fearful and just going for it. And then what do you see happening with the brand in the future? My ultimate goal for SMV, I mean, in 2016 is when we when we launched, when I launched it. And we were one of the very, very few brands who is, who have been pushing sustainability. And my ultimate goal is, you know, now that sustainability is so important in the world and every fashion house is focusing on that. And I, I love the fact that I am being recognized for doing it before it was cool, before it was trendy. I just want SMV to change the, change the way that fashion is looked at when it comes to being green and eco-friendly and doing things right for the planet. Do you want to keep Sammy Miro going for Sammy Miro vintage <laughs> going forever? Or like, would you want to take on a role as a creative director of a mm. bigger company down the line or? A lot of people have shown that you're able to build a brand, start a brand and go on to be a creative director of another mm -hmm. company at the same time. And I think that that is absolutely an ultimate goal of mine. Do you feel like you've made it when we feel like you've made it? I know I definitely don't feel like I've made it at all. I feel like I'm on the right path. I feel like I'm moving in a good direction. But make it? Do you feel like you've made it? No. Absolutely Does anyone not, but I'm ever, not you. <laughs> Does anyone ever feel like they made it? I don't know. I wonder. Yeah. I remember when I had foray, I would like sometimes think, I can't believe I have like employees and people and and, and I would think sometimes the fact that I actually have this responsibility and I feel yeah. like I was in, like a fake person doing this job. I'm like, am I actually qualified for any? Like, but why? I feel like you never really feel like you're, I don't know. I think I just always have looked at myself as like an 18 year old version of myself, you know? I totally feel that. But at the end of the day, when you are a person driven enough to run a successful company, you are not the kind of person who's ever going to plateau. You're like the kind of person who's thinking, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's, ne what's yeah, next? Yeah, I mean, that's and what keeps me next. up at night <laughs> yeah, always. Exactly. I'm sure you have the same problem. Yeah. yeah. So making it is an unachievable goal, I think. Unless you became 
the creative director for like right yeah. <laughs> i think you would have made it at that point i'll be waiting yeah. for that to happen i yeah okay i i agree i agree <laughs> okay so every episode i ask my guests for a song that they like to listen to when they're feeling like sad or the, something that makes them feel happy when they listen to it and i have wait a do i want to feel sad or happy happy okay <laughs> we want to have happy. sad ones for sure i add everybody's, I add everybody's <laughs> songs to i have a spotify playlist wait, i'm gonna I'm going to look at my Spotify fave all-time okay, favorites let's see. playlist, yeah. and then I'll let you know, because I do have that. That's very important to me. All right. I'm going to say my number one is I Wish by Skilo. Ooh, okay. I don't know that one. Oh, you will once it plays. Oh, are you playing it for <laughs> No. <laughs> are we shutting this studio down and turning it into a dance party because i will do that i think so i think we're ready for that <laughs> so oh I, wait maybe killing me softly oh yeah Jeez. i love that that's, that's a good one yeah that one that one evokes a lot of different emotions but like happiness i think is one a strong the leader of of the emotions okay if you're having like a dark moment in your life is there a place or person that you turn to that you can always count on to be a bright spot for you? Absolutely. Before COVID, I would have said that my bright place would have been hot yoga. Now that that has been ripped from my mm-hmm. life. <laughs> my bright person is without a doubt my dad. Mm. He is the one who I go to for really anything, all of the positive things and the negative things in my life. He never um, makes things seem better than they are. Like he is such a realist. Ah, okay. So he'll never like give me fluff just to make candy me feel coat. better. Exactly. Yeah. He he never will candy coat anything, and that's what I love about him because he it forces me to be strong and like handle shit on my own, you know. But at the end of the day, he he's such a voice of reason, and you know when I'm like, Dad guess what? Like, guess what? What retailer is going to be like launching SMV? And he's like, oh, that's nice, sweetie. I'm like, I'm like, wait, but like, can you look them up? Like, you know, <laughs> this is a really big deal, dad. And he's like, you know, I'm if as long as you're happy, I'm happy. You know, I'm proud of you. And, that's really sweet. You know, he keeps me very grounded is I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But, but he's like the person that I go to when I'm down or when I'm up. Thank you so much for being here. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. It really was a lot of fun. (laughs) 